teaching on the new creation man titled The Description and Manifestations of the Human Nature preached by Brother Gbile Akani continues here on tape 3. This part of the teaching continues with God's verdict on the human nature and it goes further to explain his way out of it. May God bless you as you listen. For example, if somebody came to me and said, Bro, we thank God for what you are doing. Now we, I am sure that it is God who actually called you. All these years I have been watching you in this state and I know that you are a man of God. What do you think I would likely say? I just say, well, we thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. It's all right. Eh? Uh-huh. You will ask where is the sister and uh, <laughs> for what reason? <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. But to my surprise, I found Jesus answered him and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, and in the New King James he said, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless, and I want all of you to note the word unless. What's the meaning of unless in that verse? Except, yes. Eh? Without which. I thought you were saying something, sir. There's no other way hmm, apart from this except you cannot do without this. Now I want you to note that the word unless is a, is a prerequisite word. Are you hearing me? It's a prerequisite word. Is a word that is saying that if this doesn't happen, forget the other one. Eh? It's a conditional matter. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you. And when Jesus began to say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that means what? That, look, without deceiving you, Unless, and uh, please, I know that that passage you have read over and over again, but you need to go over it now. Unless one is born again, he cannot. What's the meaning of cannot? Eh? It is impossible no matter how he tries. Now listen, this is careful, this is serious. Now, unless a man is born again, he cannot. Now, when he used the word born again, what does that quickly suggest to you in your mind? Forget about the religious way we have used born again, born again, born again. I want us to be able to get to the, to the root of that matter. He said, on, yes, brother. Good. It's like, look, that, bro, as you are here, fasting, praying, 
The main issue is not what you are doing. The real matter is who you are. Huh? And there is no nothing to do to improve you. The only issue and unless it happens you will not see the kingdom of God. What is that? You need to start afresh with a different life. Eh? Change of what? You see, it's not a change of action. You know, many times when we are asking people to be born again, we are asking them to do what? To change their action, their attitudes. But that's not the matter. Jesus is saying to this man, Mr. Man, unless a man is born again, unless you have to start afresh with a different life, beginning anew. You cannot see the kingdom of God. What I heard Jesus saying in that verse was too conclusive than the way we have preached. I know it is the way we were preached to that produced the kind of Christians that we are. That after 10 years that you have been going from one fellowship to another, it is still Mr. Flesh that we are, we are you know, just going about with. Is the one singing in the choir. Is the one preaching on the pulpit. Is the one starting ministries. Like some of you went and started your ministry because somebody offended you. So I'll start my own too. I'm not going to serve anybody till I die. I was born original. I will not die a copy. And there were people that are telling you, I said, yes, you can make it. You are born to make it. Now, but Jesus is saying, verily, verily, I say to you, some of you may be thinking that Jesus was talking about some sins that Mr. Nicodemus was committing. Did you see Jesus talking about fornication there? Even if this man had never sinned, since the life inside of him is the old man, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You are not understanding me. If you give birth to a baby today in the flesh, huh? and that baby does not have 
a different life. But it's just because he's born natural. Even if you say he's innocent, he is not innocent. Are you hearing me? Oh, you are not hearing me. That was why, sit down, children in Sodom and Gomorrah that you may think were innocent, they were destroyed. Because the life they were going to produce is the same life. And that's why we preach, we must preach to children to be born again. Don't say this baby is innocent. He doesn't know anything. You are the one who says baby doesn't know anything. But if you watch that baby, after three months, you will know that he knows wickedness. Eh? Where, where? You will know. You are the one who thinks, he doesn't know anything, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything, but he knows how to hide. If the baby does something wrong now, what does he do immediately? He will just hide. And say he doesn't know anything. That baby knows something. Yes, that baby expresses anger. Psychologists want us to know that it's one of the normal things. Yes, I don't mind. I don't, I don't blame them because they are only talking about the behavior of human life. The old man. If you see the baby expressing anger. Have you noticed that babies can be angry? When you bring the, 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 the feeder to the man, they straight away. Have you seen baby doing that before? Out, who taught the baby? When the baby is angry, he will just carry himself and knock on the ground. And when you carry the baby again and you are begging the baby and you are saying this, 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 the more you beg, the more it will cry. Sometimes baby, when they are annoyed, if they don't get somebody to bite, they bite themselves. Have you seen babies like that? Uh, you are the one who say baby will not go to hell. The man that is inside, Mr. Flesh that is inside, is as experienced. So Jesus was saying to Nicodemus, You have fasted. You have prayed. You have even acknowledged the, the man that come from God. But that's not the issue. The issue is who born you. Which species of life do you carry? So you see, the question we are dealing with here is, is, is a very technical question. So we saw Jesus introducing a big matter to Nicodemus. And you will see, now as we are reading that scripture, it will dawn on you that whereas we normally read... Uh, 
First, I mean John chapter 3. Once you get to verse 3, at most to verse 6, we normally think the matter of born again has been. As studying as we are going to study now, you will see that it is that same discussion that got as far as verse 18. And let's go through it. Let's read. Unless, so have you got the word unless now? So what is the meaning of unless? Except without which this is the only condition apart from which nothing else is possible. Unless we born again. Unless a different species of life is brought in. He cannot. You see, when you see the kingdom, it quickly tallied with Galatians that we just finished reading. Abi? Alright. Now, let's read on. Nicodemus now was baffled. Was he baffled? He said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? I don't know whether you can understand that Nicodemus understood the, the matter. I don't know whether you know that Nicodemus knew the meaning of what Jesus said. Betty knew now that what Jesus is saying is that no matter how much you have grown you and start with a new life. So he said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb the second time and be born? Did you see that this man has a serious matter now? He said, I heard you, but how can it be done? Now, he said, when he, I was going, is it possible when he is young? And that's my question. If a child is already born now, can the mother swallow that baby again and say, okay, I didn't born you well, so let me, let me reborn you. Is it possible? No. Now listen. In our mythology, where Africans believe that a child can be reborn or somebody can be reborn it is also on condition huh? a child that is not dead cannot be reborn even in our own crude and crooked theology But Jesus was not just talking of reincarnation now. He was dealing with a very serious matter. The matter is that, bro, it is not what you are doing that is the problem. It is who you are inside. And except it is and the way you were born from your mother's parent that's how you have to be born again but now 
friends of life. Are you catching me now? So right from the beginning of Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus, he already started pointing at the matter. Let me ask you a question. What is the problem? What is the problem? Is the man within? Is the life that we were carrying? Is a species? Eh? Excuse me. What makes an evil man an evil man? Eh? Because he was born of an evil parent. Are you getting me? If an evil man, born of an evil parent, was born in Kano, grew in Kano, dressed in Kano, and he only could speak Hausa language of the Kano people, and he does not even know his hometown. Does that make him an Hausa? Why not? Eh? Because that which is born of evil is evil. Eh? <laughs> it's genetic, Abby. And that which is born of Hausa is Hausa. Even if this one now lives in Igbo land. So let me put it like this. Where you live, what you eat, what you wear, the language you speak is not the issue. And God is not first of all trying to change your language. Christian life doesn't begin with speaking Christian language. It doesn't begin with Christian dressing. It doesn't begin with Christian chorus. All of those things are not the issues of Christian living. What is the issue of is the inner life? Excuse me, is the species of life. No matter how long you keep a goat in a sheep pen. Will it become a sheep? Why? Because it is goat by genetics. Is that alright? That's what we are dealing with. The, the matter, the gospel, may God help you to know that now. The gospel is a means improving people's activity. The gospel is not an, an arrangement of removing bad things from people and leaving them with good things. What is the gospel all about? It's a matter of changing the life. Exchanging the life siphoning out what is here and replacing it a different species of life entirely. Hey, am I getting you confused? Alright. So, we saw the word of God, Jesus, 
saying. Look at this. The man said, Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Joe answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless, you see, what touched me in verse 5 was the insistence of Jesus. It is, it's an ins- he was insisting. You know, Nicodemus painted a picture of impossibility. Am I correct? How can, when somebody is old, can he enter his mother's womb? What are you talking about? He said, let me tell you, unless a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Some people will think he was talking about water baptism here. No, sir. No, sir. We are going to see the water and the spirit later on. But the water that we are talking about there is the word of God. You may be born by a pastor. Are you hearing me? But if your pastor father is a, is a man. Eh? Is your father a man? You are not answering me. Is your, and your mother is a woman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Even if on the day they were to deliver you. Your mother particularly went to the altar. And she knelt down there and heard the horn of the altar and said, Father, it is at the altar I'm going to deliver this boy. And they were speaking in tongues. Since the process is of the flesh, this is not of water and spirit. You are flesh. And if that life is not exchanged, where is that boy going to end? Excuse me. Why being morally? Eh? You see, a moralist may never even fornicate. He may never drink. Good man. Very good man. And there are some people like that. They are boasting. They say, well, in which way? Are you even better than myself? You call yourself a Christian, I don't go to church. But there's nothing you are doing that is better than myself. It's not the issue here. It's a matter of species. We are talking of the species of life, not activity. The message we are talking about today is of making do you know that if a drunkard stops drinking, that doesn't mean he's saved? Huh? He's still the old man. The old man is the offender. May God help. I, I don't know. You see, I've taken too long a time in this class dealing with these issues. And I wish God will help you to know that the offender is the old man. If the offender is singing praise to God, he is still an offender. God is not interested in the praise. Are you hearing me, dear sister? Uh, an offender came and built a church for God. That doesn't change him from being what? An offender. So activities does not at all 
sacrifices does not atone for that species of life. That's what we are talking about. May God grant you understanding. Do you get me, sir? Sister, do you get me? You... Ah. Is that life inside? It is not first and foremost what he did or what he did not do. But that it is, is what asked to go. And Jesus was telling him, Verily, verily, I say to you, unless... Now, Nicodemus was interested in this matter. Jesus told him, of the flesh, excuse me, what is it? And that which is born of the spirit, what is it, sirs? A spirit. Do not marvel. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be what? Born again. Like the question is not that you are not committing sin, that you are not. That's not the question. The question is the species of life you carry. Excuse me, what's the question? Is the species of life. There are two kinds of life now. The life light, eh? which eventually we are going to be touching as the life of the spirit, <laughs> and then the flesh life. Whosoever carries this, even if he has not done anything, already what? Condemned. And whensoever is looking and he say, Who is doing that? Who told you to do that? And it is the flesh. You are finished. You are finished. If flesh asks you to sing a special number, you will not go scot free. The wrath of God will fall on your head on top of your singing. Do you understand? If the flesh, are you hearing me? As the flesh asks you to donate money to God's work, not only that there is no blessing for what you did, there is punishment. For flesh, thinking that he can, uh, he can do something, is, you know, that's it. It's as dangerous as that. To think comfortably and carry the life of the flesh and say you are doing something for God is an abomination. He said, whosoever has the Son has life. But whosoever does not have the Son has not life. What does he have on his head? He said, the wrath of God is upon him. The wrath of God abides him. Every man that is in the flesh as he's moving up and down like this, there's something looming on his head. What is looming on his head? The wrath of God. God is saying, I, I regret that this one is alive. I regret to see this man alive. I regret to see this one living. This is not what I want this physical body to carry. I didn't plan for it to carry the life of the flesh. So, 
Nicodemus, when they came to that climax in verse 7, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it. But you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. Verse 8. So is everyone who is what? Born of the Spirit. Now, I, uh, I have a very big challenge in verse 8. I said, what do you mean by that? I said, you see, a man of the Spirit is a man that is under the control Said the wind blows wherever it listed. You don't know where it is coming from. From where I see Jesus is saying to this man, said, "Look, the the new life I'm talking to you about is different from the rigidity of the flesh." It was at that point that Nicodemus spoke again. I hope you know that we are in verse nine now. Can you see verse nine? Nicodemus answered and said to him, "How can these things be?" You see, Nicodemus is asking a question. What was his question? How can these things be? How can I, who have carried Mr. Flesh all my life, I fasted with it, I crammed the Bible with it, I did all I knew how to do with it, and you are saying, I will not see the kingdom of God unless, how can it be? That's a question. Is that the question many of us are asking? Eh? How can it how can this old life be finished? My prayer, I'm praying, and I keep asking the Lord to please do something. After this contact, the kind of prayer I'm praying is that you will see this matter so vividly that if you happen to live here without it dropping and you go with a different life the kind of miracle that took place in Genesis 3 7 I call it a miracle because the real life the life light suddenly died and a new life took over and we saw immediately you know between verse 6 and verse 7 there is no other verse and how was this so instantaneous that we began to see Mr. Flesh differently manifesting. Immediately. I'm expecting that same thing here. Amen. I'm expecting that the way that Mr. Flesh took over immediately, so must the new life, the life of Jesus, also take over. How? Immediately. You should be able to live here. And they say, the old has gone. Behold all things. And they say, ah, what happened? What happened? Because you see, in verse 6, it's different. But by the time we came to verse 7, they said the eyes of all of them were opened. And all the new, 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 new manifestation of the flesh started. They didn't practice it before. I'm not talking about what you will have to practice before you know it. It has to be a life. Even the life we are talking about has to be what? A life. That's what we are looking for. That's what we are asking the Holy Ghost to do now. There has to be an exchange. 
So this man said, how can these things be? How will it be? And Jesus wanting to now answer that question. I would like you to know that from verse 10 up to verse 21. If you carry a red letter Bible, who is speaking? In answer to which question? So now look at this. Jesus answered and said to him. It was a direct answer to that question. And that's why I'm very interested about it. That Jesus was giving an, a direct answer to the question of how will a man of the flesh become a man of the spirit? That was the question. Are you the teacher of Israel? And you do not know these things? I don't know. Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Now, this matter is not earthly. Is that alright? This is not what we can use human wisdom to explain. So I need you to pray on that. I need you to say, Oh God, I need, I need a revelation. I need something to happen to me. I need something to take place here. He says, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses, I want you to note that, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what kind of life now? Eternal life. Now listen please. I want you to note that when he says he will have eternal life, he is, he is talking about this life now. He is not first of all talking about that he will live forever. Ah! Because even the devil will live forever. So when we begin to talk about eternal life, we are talking of a species of life. We are not first of all talking about the length. Hey, am I, have I confused you a little now? We are not just talking about... You know, sometimes we say... Uh, you have eternal life. You don't say, I don't want to live eternally. I don't need to live eternally. That's not what we're talking about. We're not first talking about your length. We're talking of the, the, the species. The type. Good. Thank you. You've got it now. 
the type, the type of life, the type, the type, the type, the the eternal life. But the Lord Jesus. I want you to see. I just want us to read down before we return. Let's just read. Let's enjoy it before we come back. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must, must, the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Did you see that we are returning to where we stopped? Where did we start from? Aha. Uh-huh. He said, this is the condemnation. Excuse me. The condemnation is not that you are a fornicator. The condemnation is that you refuse the exchange of life. You are not understanding. You see, God is not chasing fornicator. Because fornication is a fruit, is a manifestation of a kind of life. You are not understanding me now. Remove that life. There will be no fornication again. Why? Because the life that produces it is gone. You see, what God is looking for here, people say, I want to be delivered from anger. That's not the matter. The life that produces and works anger, that works pride, that tests lies, that cover up, that fornicates. Are you hearing me? There's a life that produces it. You are fornicating because of the life you are carrying. Are you getting me now? A sinner man is committing sin. Why? Because of the life he carries. What bothers God is not how to make a man not to sin. There's, look at this species of mango. Do you see that species of mango? It's the kind that if you eat, you will need toothpick. Eh? You will, if you eat it, you just eat one. Throughout the whole day, you are in trouble. Am I correct? What can we do to stop having the problem of picking your teeth every time you eat a mango? Eh? Is to uproot that type. If we now uproot that type and the new ones we are planting, 
is the one that is so succulent that you can eat it from morning to night. So juicy, nothing will enter your teeth. Have I solved the problem of looking for toothpicks? That's it. The life, you are just the one saying, I don't know why I am always having this anger, evil thoughts, or impure thoughts. It's worrying me. It, no! It's not impure thought that is worrying you. What is worrying you? Is that life? And what is the condemnation? He said, this is the condemnation. That what? That light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. That is the condemnation. The condemnation is for you to refuse the live light. Are you getting me now? The condemnation is not that you didn't pray enough. It's that God has come to exchange that life that is of darkness. But you are protecting it. You love it more than light. That's the condemnation. The reason why people will go to hell is not just because of what they do. Is that alright? It's because of who they are. And they refuse exchange. Now, do you know that this discussion is in answer to who? The one single Nicodemus question, how can these things be? Now, each time you were preaching born again, did you ever think that born again message reaches this place? I'm asking you. Where did you stop your born again message? Just verse 5. Six. You must be born again. You, if you want to be born again. If you want to be born. So what, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because it is not clear. What is the essence of the problem? What is the genesis? So when Jesus comes to speak about being born again. He is actually beginning to talk about. This life that you are carrying. you are carrying it must die eh it must what or if you don't know uh, that it must be evacuated and you must start afresh as newborn babes there is no bilateral conversion that somebody is 50 years old in the flesh. Are you getting me? When he steps into the new light, the, the spiritual life light, how does he step in there? As a beginner. And he has to carry that one afresh. 
all the old experience, all the philosophy, all the ideas with which he grew before is irrelevant. Why is it irrelevant? Eh? Why is it irrelevant? It's a different species. It's a different species. Eh? If the man that was here had a girlfriend and he packed out and a brand new life entered, is that new life also the boyfriend of the girl? Eh? It has gone. Do we need to be talking about why you should write off that girl? Why not? Because they don't even know themselves. There's no relationship. So, now what we are dealing with this afternoon. Jesus now said. In answer to this man's question. How can these things be? He said, if I tell you something from on the earth and you don't understand will you understand the things from above he now says and as Moses did what lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be what lifted now so that raised a curiosity for us now you see did you notice that we have started this study from Genesis? And what we have done is to not, we, we don't want to rush, we don't want to jump because, number one, if you don't understand the genesis of trouble, you will never have victory over that matter. So, let me ask you just one question. What is the problem? Eh? Is the man inside? Is the life? The problem is the life that took over. But you know the miracle I'm expecting? As he took over abruptly. Eh? So will it also be finished with abruptly? And, and not this new life will take over. And there will be an immediate change. And they said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, what? Is a new creation. Old things are passing away. Is that how the Bible put it? Old things are passing away gradually. Is that what the Bible say? What did it say? The old has passed. Behold! How many things? Okay. Now, we already got a glimpse, but we want to now ask that same question. Lord, how? How can it be? How shall we get at this? There are several issues that I see Jesus raised as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. That meant, you know, I would have read it and gone away. 
But look at the last line of that verse. Maybe it's my version that is written like that. Can you read it from Old King James for us? Verse 15, 14, 14, please. In the wilderness. Yes. Uh-uh. You have left where I'm going. I just want verse 14, sir. Did you notice it said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so. What's the meaning of even so? Eh? So also, in the same way, likewise, in the same manner, must. Now we are noting a word here. What's the meaning of must? Compulsorily. Now Jesus is saying that unless the Son of Man is also lifted up, there's no way out. Are you hearing me? Jesus also is saying here, we have tried every other means. We have employed every other method. We have sought every other way to, to, to deal with this thing. But there is no way. As if God had come to a conclusion and said, the only one way now is for the Son of Man to be lifted up. I want to stop at that point first and I ask you to note that. No other way can bring deliverance from this life. And I'm saying that not by saying something religious that we always say. I want you to know if the Lord will open your eyes that the only way out of the flesh life eh? is for someone to be lifted up on the cross. Just like you know in the wilderness when the snake was biting them what did they do? They cried. Was their cry able to stop the snake? They wept. Was their weeping able to stop the snake? When they were there, some of them carried stick and they were chasing that snake to kill it. Did this solve their problem? What happened? They were dying. They were dying. And they cried. They cried to Moses. Moses, man of God, pray for us that God will take away the serpent from us. Eh? But God, in answering Moses, the way is not to take it. The way is construct another serpent like the serpent. Now we are coming to something. This is, this is something from heaven. And we must pray together on that. Construct another serpent.
exactly like that one. But this particular serpent that you are going to construct is going to have the shape of the serpent, but it's made of a different material. Are you getting me now? It has to be made of a different material, but it has it will carry the same shape of the serpent. And you hang it on the tree. And it shall be that whosoever has been beaten by the serpent, who knew it? Listen, this is the, these are conditionalities before you can get a miracle. You must have been beaten by the serpent. Eh? You must have felt the pain of the serpent. And you must have seen the certain death that that serpent will bring to you if you don't cry out. Are you getting me? And they looked. Those that were beaten and they looked. As soon as they saw the serpent on the tree, what happened to them? It looked to me as if the the, the, the serpent in that serpent was withdrawn. I hope you know that it is the venom in the serpent that kills. But as soon as they saw the serpent and suddenly it became like an ordinary rope. It became powerless. It became what? Powerless. He couldn't do anything again. And Jesus said, Even so, must. So while he was answering Nicodemus, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave, he donated his only begotten son. He didn't say more than that. Eh? He didn't say more than that. But we need now to search what does that imply for us. I've heard people say, yes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed. What did he give his only begotten son for? What was his only begotten son giving up for? What was he giving up for? What was the key issue that he was dealing with here? Hallelujah. But I like us to pray. I think we should pray here. Should shouldn't we pray? I want us to pray. Now, two things I want you to pray about. Uh, because you see. Let me tell you something before we pray. When Jesus said, This must, then you know that there is no other way. Abi, it means we have come to the only way. Alright. But then the second issue. When the serpent was raised in the wilderness, for those for whom did it work? Eh? Those who saw it. 
those who looked and saw it. Those who knew that a serpent has been constructed on top. Many knew. But not all that knew looked at it. Eh? Those who did not look, even though it was there, what happened to them? They still died. They died. There's something that you must see as we will study further. It looks so serious and yet it takes just a look. And I saw the Lord Jesus. He left the matter. And the chapter ended with Nicodemus in verse 21. If you read your Bible, you will know that verse 22 is a different scene entirely. And I don't think it is in the same place. Eh? Eh? I think maybe they moved. But something was said to Nicodemus. And I want to thank God for Nicodemus. Listen to me. For Nicodemus, it was a future tense. From that moment, he began to look forward to when the Son of Man will be lifted up on the cross. But for you, it's a past tense. For Nicodemus, listen to me, I perceive that Nicodemus struggled even though he now knew that fasting, uh, praying, uh, reading the Bible, and doing good works will not make him to see the kingdom. He knew it. But he couldn't be saved from that flesh because the Son of Man was not yet lifted up. So he kept waiting in hope when it will happen. He believed, but he had to wait. He kept waiting. When it will happen? When it will happen? When it will happen? When it will happen? I am sure that Nicodemus was one of those men when he saw the Son of Man being lifted up. And I tell you something. In one of their meetings, Nicodemus was attending a meeting and they were discussing about Passover and about how to arrest Jesus. And the high priest that year said, Don't you know that it is to our advantage that one man should be arrested and slaughtered so that all of us will not perish? Let us take him. He is the Passover lamb for this year. For Nicodemus, bro, he kept looking forward to it. But to me, it's a past. It's something that has taken place. And my own need is to look. Is to see. For Nicodemus, he heard about it. And it had to be a future looking. 
say, I wish I would see. 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 He followed with the hope that one day, this serpent that is biting my life will be siphoned out when this son of man will be lifted up. If we were in the position of Nicodemus now, what would we have been doing? Say, let us wait. Let us be watching. If we can see. If we can see. If we can see. We don't know when it will happen. But no. The Son of Man was actually lifted up. Now, but what happened when he was to be lifted up? This is the question. It appears, and I want to tell that story. I don't think we'll have the space. There are so many illustrations in the Bible that we could follow, but our time will not permit us now. If we have time, we can still study. Or I can refer you to some things to read. And I watch God helping us. But we want to pray. What was the issue here? It's as if God Almighty was saying, we have tried the law. Mr. Flesh, what did he do to the law? It weakened it. Made it important. We have tried wiping out a whole generation of men. The only one that we thought is good among them that we reserved also produced this. We tried again to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. The only one we reserved with his daughters, they also became something else. There's only one thing that is left. It's for the Son of Man, someone to become flesh. So God started looking for a body. Are you hearing me now? God started looking for what? A body. A body that he can again carve. But from a woman. But which will not carry the seed of the man. We need a body now. Who will enter into the world with a live light. And the Bible said, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. First, why did he have to dwell among us? The Bible said, It was necessary for him to be made in every way like us that he may be a faithful high priest it would not have been correct it would not have been our nearer kinsman if he did not carry our nature so he took upon him the form of a man but with a different life inside are you hearing me? <laughs> he, br- he was a man but he had a different life this one was born 
of the Spirit. Ah? Huh? Mary asked, How shall this be? He said, The Spirit of the Lord shall come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and so the seed that you shall bring shall be holy. Is that correct? Are you familiar with that? So he carried, we needed a body. So when Jesus came into the world, do you remember he said, Sacrifices and burnt offerings you never desired. But what? A body have you prepared for me. I have come, O oh Lord, to do your will. Are you following us gradually? They are not following us. Because we are about to pray. And he took upon himself the nature of man. You remember, let there be light. Eh? You remember, let there be light. And the Bible said, that light shines. And darkness cannot comprehend it. You remember we read. But, by the time we came to verse, verse, verse 14 of chapter 1 of, of, uh, of John, we are told that the word became what? Flesh. And he dwelt among us. He moved among us. He walked among us. Who is that? Uh, but what life is he carrying? It's light. So he moved everywhere. He was tempted at every point. Without sin. Every temptation that human being passes through, he went through it. He suffered. He learned obedience. Are you hearing me? He learned obedience. Adam fell. Why? Because he did not learn obedience. And do you know, he, was, he would have learned obedience without suffering. Because what is the suffering? That Adam had. I'm asking you a question. God gave him everything that he may eat freely. Is that not what the Bible says? Say of every tree here you may freely eat. Only of that one don't. What is the suffering? If he obeyed, will he suffer anything? If he obeyed, he could have eaten the tree of life. But Jesus learned obedience even in suffering to prove a point that man there's a man that will obey God. Are you hearing me? And this man Jesus this man are you following this? And this man Jesus he was a complete delegate representative of God on earth. He says, I of my own self, I can do nothing. What I see my father do, that I do. What I hear my father speak, that I speak. So again, in that, he condemned sin in the flesh. Is that alright? He proved again that Adam was wrong. And when he finished all of that, he said, the prince of this world cometh. 
but there is nothing in me. So let me tell you, could the devil overcome him? Never. Could death overcome him? Could sickness overcome him? Could storm overcome him? Did you notice that that man walked on water without bridge? Eh? Did you know that storm obey him? He was demonstrating what kind of life? That like light. People looked at him and said, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the storm and devils obey him. What manner of man is this? But listen to me. This is where we are coming. And I'm praying that you will see something and as we pray together. The Bible said, with all of that, and he was supposed to go back to heaven. Glorious. Then God confronted him with a matter. Unless. John 12. Verse 23. Unless. The corn of wheat. Falls to the ground and dies. It does what? It abides alone. You see God was saying to him. Unless, I told you one unless before. In John chapter 3, Jesus said, Do you know the, when he said, Even so must. I hope you know that the word must there is still the word unless. Because it could have been said, Even so, unless the Son of Man is lifted up, no man can be saved. God now said, Look, you've done everything. You've demonstrated victory over the devil. Is that alright? You've exercised dominion over the sea. Do you know you exercised dominion over trees? Do you remember? When did he do that? He spoke to a tree and said from today, nobody will eat from you again. You know why? All trees were made to produce for him. And on the day he needed to eat from that fig tree, that one was said there's no time. He thought it was a Myanmar. You know, he thought it was that man that fell. That only tons and tissues would be growing for him. No. For this new man, for this Christ, all trees are to produce for him. And he came to this one looking forward to it. He said, okay, you have missed your purpose of existence. From today, nobody eats from you again. And that was the end. He demonstrated all of that. But the matter before God is the redemption of mankind. And God is saying, unless the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it does what? It abides alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. And in order for him to bring many sons to glory, it was, it was necessary for the captain of our salvation to do what? To be perfected through suffering. Hey, so I think something happened. I think something happened. A drama must have taken place. You know, before that day people were singing Hosanna in the highest and Jesus was already riding on an ass. 
Eh? Thinking that people thought he was going to ride into his kingdom. But then he said, unless the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides. What? Now, those of you that read your Bible well, you will notice that John 12, John 12, was the end of Jesus' public ministry. If you are reading your Bible very well. From John 13, it was a preparation to go to the cross. I was surprised that at John 12, all the public appearance and all the people that were singing around Jesus, he dismissed them. He said, unless all the miracles that are performed is good, but it does not remove man from the tyranny of Mr. Flesh and of the devil. And if you read your scripture, it was after that triumphant entry that Jesus was going to Gethsemane. Do you remember Gethsemane? Do you remember the garden of Gethsemane? Where something happened. If you remember the discussion. How it appeared as if Jesus went into the place of prayer. He went to prayer actually. And as if God was confronting him and said, Look, the hour has come. We needed a body. Actually, I needed a body that would do an assignment for me. What is that assignment? And as if God brought a cup. As if the master, the Lord God brought a cup and said, look, this cup. Are you going to drink it? And you read how the Bible said, Jesus said, Father, how I wish that this cup will pass over me. But not as I will, as your will. Let your will be done. What is that cup? What is that cup? The Bible made us to realize that he who knew no sin, he was made, he, was, he became what? Sin. I don't know. I wanted to demonstrate how it is. And I think what must have happened was that God brought a big offering before the Lord. And inside that cup, that's how it appoints to me. I'm just trying to show you something. You see, if you carry the serpent, if it's possible to get a snake, and put syringe, and to siphon the venom from the snake, and you pour it, what happens to that snake? It becomes useless. And it's as if what God was going to do. Because I needed a body that will carry Mr. Flesh out and hang him for me on the tree. 
And what did God do? As if the, the light that was in Jephthah, that dark light, that, that Mr. Flesh, the iniquity of Mr. Jephthah, as if it was siphoned into that cup. The iniquity of this brother was siphoned into that cup. The iniquity, that is the life. Do you remember how that life took over before? It took over a body that was not created for it. As if what God was going to do today was to take out that life and put it here. The one that belonged to this brother was siphoned into the cup. It was siphoned into the cup. And it was drawn out of the iniquity of every one of us kept inside this cup. Full. Now, where is Mr. Flesh now? Inside this cup. And here was Jesus who knew no sin. Who had been in fellowship with God all over. And God is saying, unless, unless, he prayed, he said, isn't it possible for this cup to pass over me? Baba said, well, you are free because you have not offended me. You are my well beloved son and I'm completely satisfied in you. And you've honored me on earth. But the question today is the question of these people. If you want to have brothers like you, if you want to take many more unto glory and you don't want to be my only begotten son, this is their problem. The thing that makes this man like that is this. I'm putting the cup. What do you do, sir? Isn't it possible for this cup to pass over? I say, no way. You've got to take it. He first left the cup. Because the Bible said, if you read your Bible very well, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 and 15 says that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone so that he might destroy him that had the power of death who because of the fear of death has subject us to what? to bondage all of our lives it was not easy for the live light. Sin was not his nature. Are you hearing me? It was more difficult for him who knew no sin to taste death. But when Baba said, No other way, and he handed over the cup. Look at this cup, it's full. Full of what? The iniquity of who? Of us all. My own is inside. His own is inside. 
what made Jephthah, what made you a struggler? Are you hearing me? He's inside here. And it was given to him. And Baba said, only way to drink it. And I saw him. It wasn't easy. And he drank it. And he drank it all. And from that moment, listen. I kept talking to you about Genesis. Do you know that that same moment, it was not five minutes after. That same moment, something happened. He who knew no sin, he became sin. And from that moment, not one minute after, it was impossible for God to look at him. He took his eye away from him. Do you know they wanted to arrest him before? Who could arrest Jesus? Do you know they will arrange like this and they will arrange and he will walk in their midst. Why will he walk away in their midst? Because the life that he carried is the one you cannot tamper with. But now, that moment, just as it happened in in, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 it happened again and he was under that so they were slapping him here nothing happened they pushed him here nothing happened Peter wanted to he said look leave it wouldn't you allow me to drink the cup that my father gives me but nobody knew what was the matter. I think Satan also didn't know this game plan. If he knew, he would not try. He would have stopped it. But thank God he did not know. The Bible said, and they took him. They took him from prison. But as they are carrying him now, where is my Mr. Flesh? He's inside. 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 Inside, inside, inside. And they were pushing him to Golgotha. They made sure he must not die in the town. Because what is a scapegoat? If he dies in the town, it means your sin is back with you. So they escorted my master until he went out. And they took him up there. And they nailed him to the cross. The Bible said, he opened not his mouth. Listen. If he had opened his mouth, if he had asked angels to come, they would have come. And the game would have failed. Our old man would not have found a space to be pulled out. We took him out and he was nailed to the cross. He said, this mystery is being hidden. And I must confess that as we are stepping into it today, I want you to take time. We are going to pray about that. I've told you over and over that many times we read things into scriptures. What God is looking for 
what he wants to see. He doesn't look at her face. He looks inside and says, who is inside? And if he can see his son Jesus, he's finished. We can fearlessly go now into the presence of God. Not because of how you felt. Not because you prayed so well yesterday. But because the man that God wants to see. Where is he? He's in here now. This is the mystery. Christ in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Him we preach. Warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works. Eh? Did you see that mystery there? Who is working? Did you see that again? This is the mystery that this man discovered. Not that we are working for Christ. Look at the Bible there. To this end, I also labor striving according to his working. Which does what? Which worketh in me mightily. If you see any work being done, who is the worker? It's Christ. He's working. That worketh in me. Sparingly. What did he say? Mightily. As we get on to pray tonight, I know that our normal, normal outlook. We always model issues of friends. When it is time.